Well, Thanksgiving is over. If you didn't have enough turkey, well, we have some extras at the Lichtenberger house. Just come on over. We're happy to share. It was a great holiday. It was good to have family, friends to be together. We shared a lot of time together in the past couple of days. And we played a bunch of games. I don't know if you like to do this with your family, but we're kind of a big game family. Board games, card games of all different sizes. It's just a lot of fun. There's a little competitive streak that runs through some of us in the family. Um, we, we enjoy uh, a, a good game, something with some competition, strategy, and of course, winning and the bragging rights that go along with it. At first glance, the parable that I just finished reading, this teaching story from Jesus, might appear to be some sort of cosmic game. After all, there are winners and there are losers. This is a judgment of the nations at the end of all time, a final reckoning, sheep and goats, eternal glory and eternal punishment. To the delight of hellfire preachers, there's no second place here. Either you win or you lose. You're in or you're out. You're praised or you're damned with God or apart from God. Of course, there is this little plot twist in the text that the same hellfire preachers always forget to mention. At the end of time, after the sorting is done, the judgment has been given, there seems to be a confusion. Both those with God and those not with God don't seem to have a clue as how they got where they were. When, Lord, did we see you in need? Once again, we are brought to one of the ongoing truths from Matthew's gospel. The life of faith, the life of the disciple of Jesus, our spiritual living is not transactional. Sheep don't do what they do in order to gain glory, to wear a crown, to be declared the winner. Heaven, in this parable, is not a reward to be attained by hard work, cunning, strategy, or luck. If it were, then the sheep here would have known that they were ahead, that they were winning, might have even been some gloating going around the pasture. But instead... Eternal life with God seems to be more a continuation of being in relationship with God in the first place. A natural extension of the life that comes to us in the waters of our baptism. The sheep were not heroic or even trying to win. They simply lived their life the way the shepherd taught them to live. 
They live their life like the villagers of Les Chambon in southern France. They followed their shepherd. Between 1940 and 1944, this tiny village of about 5,000 people gave refuge. They broke the law, by the way, in order to do it. They gave refuge to over 5,000 people in Europe fleeing from the wrath of the Nazi regime. They gave safety to between 3,000 and 3,500 Jewish children. They protected them like they were their own. The spiritual leader of that community, a shepherd by the name of Pastor Andre Trochme, preached throughout the war about the love of God in Christ Jesus and how that love called us to tangible response. It was a divided time, a fearful time. The Nazis were moving all over Europe and they were bringing their message of hate with them. And all too few Christians had the courage to take a stand. The Holocaust was underway and most of the world turned away from following the gospel of Jesus Christ, of grace and love. But Pastor Trachme and his villagers held fast, and they honored the one that slips through the cracks by serving the ones who live slipping through the cracks. They served the least of these, and they did it without any expectations of glory. One of the survivors writes, Nobody asked us who was Jewish and who was not. Nobody asked where we were from. Nobody asked who was your father or if you could pay. They just accepted us, taking us in with warmth, sheltering children, often without their parents, children who cried in the night from nightmares. The villagers, this tiny remote place, seem to have understood in a radical way both the good news of God in Christ and the invitation to life that that good news provided. First of all, the good news of life in Christ is that God in Jesus has come to live with those who are struggling, those labeled by society to be the least of these, those who easily fall through the cracks of care and concern. God chooses to be the one who falls through the cracks. The cross stands as an ultimate symbol of divine choice to be with the world suffering, to literally hang with those who are hurt, disabled, discarded, deported. This message is exceedingly great news for those without power and without hope. And it is a truth that flies in the face of those who are obsessed 
with winning the game at any cost for themselves. It's a truth that challenges those who defend self-interests at all costs and take care of our own kind exclusively mentality. It's a truth that belies every exclusive ideology, theology, bigotry, and hate. In our divided times, where everyone seems to be worrying about themselves more than others, when winning seems like everything in politics, in economics, and it brings out the worst in people, it generates fear. In these times, this, and this alone, is good news. And we desperately need to hear that God sides with the least of these. And if Jesus sides with the least of these, then the least of these are not unimportant, worthless, disregarded, but treasured and loved. Think about that. Who are the ones that you know of who are discarded? The refugees, the poor, the addicts, the ones without documentation, the exploited workers, who are the ones whose lives themselves are overlooked? The disabled, the foreigners, the mentally ill. Go on. Think about the least of these. Think about those who live and struggle at the margins and the fringes and on the outsides. They are the ones whom God chooses to be present with. The parable invites us to take the next step. If that is the good news, then we're invited into a life of good news. We're invited to do what Pastor Trochme and the villagers of Le Chambon did so long ago. Simply live out our faith. Live out our faith in warmth, in hospitality, in acceptance and kindness to the other. Stand up for, give shelter to those who are thrown to the side. We are invited into courageous living and discipleship that has meaning and purpose in our lives and in the lives of others. The church is a sanctuary, a holy and a sacred place, not because of the cross and the stained glass window, not because of our wonderful worship or our pious prayers. It is a sanctuary because whenever the people of God gather, and the worship includes the preaching of the good news that Christ and God is with the poor and the least. And that news is heard and shared and embraced by the hearts, the heads, and the hands of God's people. There is hope and there is a sacred place to live. On the last Sunday of the church year, we're invited into that place. 
We're invited to raise our prayers, our praise, and our commitments. To recognize in our lives that the one who chose to live among the least of these lives among us as well. To respond to the invitation to follow the one who serves the least of these into the places where others shy away or are afraid to go and to care, to love. It's not about winning. This life is not a game to be played with dice or on a board or with cards. We have an opportunity each day to share the love, the grace that God has given us in what we do and what we say as we reach out to the one who is least and who saves the world. Amen.